Codex Necrons, 3rd edition, page 56, written by Phil Kelly, with congratulations to him on the release of Age of Sigmar, 3rd edition, narrated by R.J. Bailey. Begin Vox Record. Commander, as per Inquisitor Sevak's instruction, I directed my Death Watch kill team to the distress call from the beleaguered Cadian 23rd with all haste. The Cadians had indeed been attacked by a force of Necron raiders of unprecedented size, accompanied by the vast megalithic structures reported in previous engagements. The Imperial Guard fulfilled their role, thus we were able to concentrate on our mission. Brothers Emmerich and Weiss their M40 pattern bolters, each loaded with a psychically impregnated Odysseus bolt, opened fire upon the Necron designated by Brother Quetus's marker beam. As this ammunition has the mass reactive core removed to ensure it remains whole, it took several direct hits from Brother Saul's heavy bolter to finally fell the Necron. As predicted, the damaged Xenos engaged its teleport device and faded from view. A brief communique with the strike vessel's astropath was enough to inform me that the Odysseus bolts had vanished from the battlefield. I immediately ordered our withdrawal, the Thunderhawk responding with commendable speed. Astropath Misha's divinations betrayed the location of our quarry with perfect clarity. She had ascertained the destination of the Odysseus bolts seconds after my team arrived on board. We made all speed to Berrien a dead world on the outskirts of the system, and the location of the Necron's reappearance. I took the opportunity to check and consecrate my weaponry, and prepare my soul for the coming operation. Nearing our destination, the otherwise featureless horizon became intermittently studded with Xenos architecture, mainly obelisks and pyramids. We were entering a necropolis, of this I had no doubt and the Orsbex was betraying the Necron's location as within the desiccated heart of the dead city. The Thunderhawk landed in the midst of the tomb complex, and we entered a many-tiered structure whose architecture seemed to defy both gravity and logic. It took several hours to trace our way through the labyrinthine passageways and twisting tunnels that led to our destination. However, Astropath Misha's guidance proved invaluable and, with the Emperor's grace, we eventually found the chamber we had been searching for. The chamber curved up and outward, mighty pillars stretching up into the darkness, revealing a space so capacious it could easily have accommodated a reaver titan without its carapace touching the groined roof. The Orsbex had failed us, and was no longer receiving a signal, but given the sight which confronted us, this was of little consequence. Stretching away from us, along the hieroglyph-encrusted walls, were serried ranks of Necron warriors, many in a state of extreme disrepair. Huge, arachnid forms were sliding soundlessly around them, wickering suspensor fields projected onto the damaged constructs. Shards of broken metal flowed and coalesced around the inactive warriors, like swarms of glittering insects until the Necrons were whole once more. Closer magnification revealed the giant reconstruction drones 
surrounded by shimmering clouds of dust. Brother Quetus theorized that these were microscopic repair organisms. As we watched, three more Necron warriors materialized at the end of the line, one merely a shattered torso that manifested at chest height and fell to the floor with a loud clatter near our position. Our vigil was uncovered, and the Necrons that had been made whole again awakened from their dormant state and started jerkily forward, raising their arcane weapons. We had no choice but to fight, as Brother Kranovich had not completed his benediction of the thermic charges. I must admit that I saw the possibility of our escape as increasingly remote, as more and more of the functional Necrons moved from the line, and a carpet of scarab drones flowed from the archway opposite our position. Forming a circle of defense around Kranovich, we prepared to sell our lives dearly. Quetus was flayed apart in a second, his cry of rage echoing throughout the vast chamber. Phaedron charged the nearest cluster of warriors to buy Kranovich time, his power sword cleaving apart several, before he was buried under a mound of silent, stabbing necrons. Andric and Emmerich added the strength of their firepower to my own, but were whittled down to their constituents before they could empty their bolters. Weiss struggled in the mandibles of one of the arachnid drones, his power fist smashing it apart, even as the blasphemy tore his legs from his body. Delask died without a sound, his bolter firing wild as he slumped. The horde was almost upon us when Kranovich finally signaled the completion of his work. I requested the teleport of the remainder of the squad to our strike vessel, and it was effected immediately, mere seconds before detonation. A full report, including a vidlog of the inside of that hellish chamber, is in the hands of Inquisitor Sevak. I only pray that the information we gained was worth the lives of so many of my battle brothers. May the Emperor guide their souls. Vox Record ends. You have been listening to Codex Necrons, 3rd edition, page 56. Written by Phil Kelly. Narrated by R.J. Bailey. Thank you to Phil Kelly for writing the fiction that I grew up reading. Thank you to Graham McNeil for helping attribute the right authors to their individual stories. This production, like all of Oldex, is entirely unofficial and uncommercial, from an out-of-print publication, is a derivative work with all copyrights owned by Games Workshop, and is a celebration of the hobby and lore I grew up with. If you have suggestions for other old Codex fiction for me to narrate on this channel, you can comment or contact me on Twitter, at RJ Bailey. Links are in the show description. You can follow Phil Kelly on Twitter, at Phil Kelly Words. And you can also follow Graham McNeil on Twitter, at Graham McNeil, and find his website at graham-mcneil.com. <laughs>